I'm John, and tonight I want answers about Mountain View City Municipal Government. There's no stopping us now, because we're live. I'm John Thompson. I'm John A. Vink. I'm Keith Statenfield. I'm Loretta Beavers. I'm A.J. Minnick. I'm Jennifer Sim. I'm Jim Tu. I'm Bobby Chastain. These stories tonight on John Wants Answers. John Wants Answers. John Wants Answers. <laughs> Check your calendar. If it says March 12, 2020, then we're live. My guest tonight is Ellen Kamei. Welcome to the show, Ellen. Great, thank you for having me. We're under virus conditions, so no handshaking tonight. Yes, elbow bumps only. We'll be taking your tweets. You can tweet us tonight at John Wants Answer, and we'll answer them later in the show. Or you can go to our website, johnwantsanswers.com. All right, we have a long, show to get into, so let's get started right away. Great. Um, welcome, and so you are a council member for the city of Mountain View. Yes, that's in right. In California, and we're in Mountain View right now. Um, describe for me Mountain View. Sure, so Mountain View is a city that's uh, 12 square miles, and we're nestled uh, just above the city of San Jose and underneath uh, the city of San Francisco. So we like to consider ourselves the heart of Silicon Valley. Uh -huh. I think many cities will argue, but I think ours is, the tr is true. Um, we're the home of uh, Silicon Graphics um, in the past and currently the, the home of Google, LinkedIn, uh, Microsoft, uh, many other really large companies. We have a really bustling downtown or on Castro Street. We have amazing bike infrastructure, pedestrian infrastructure, as well as a free community all-electric shuttle that we have in our community. So um, we're a really, really amazing community. Um, we're about 85,000 people, and we are in the unique position of doubling in size Monday through Friday to cool. about 150 to 160,000 people. Uh, so it's uh, there's a lot of excitement and action going on in Mountain View. So Mountain View is more of a corporate business city than residential city. So um, it traditionally had been a residential community. Um, actually, my family has been in Mountain View since the 1930s. Oh, they wow. were, yeah, they were flower growers and uh -huh. gardeners. Um, and as the community changed, what's been really great about the city of Mountain View is we've been trying to keep a balance between our kind of uh, agrarian residential community as well as being um, ha having a lot of uh, companies and innovation and technology in our in our city. So. Um, it's, we have a really nice mix of, of both, and part of how we've been able to do that is by uh, maintaining a lot of open space. Uh, we have um, a ratio that we try to keep of not having to be with, um, uh, outside of 20 minutes walking distance of a park, and because of that, we've actually been able to create a lot of green space um, in our community, so. I, I work at Google and Mountain View, and I often just take a walk along the marsh, yes. and there's um, egrets flying around me and ducks mm -hmm. and all sorts of mm -hmm. wild animals as I walk toward the bay. If you're lucky, you'll see a burrowing owl, maybe. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen one of those yet. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, okay, so we're here to talk about municipal government. Yes. So how is the municipal government of Mountain View made up? 
so the city of Mountain View follows a pretty typical model for California cities, which is a council manager form of government. So it's kind of uh, flat in terms of we have a city manager, we have a seven-member council, um, and together the council does the legislating, kind of making the policy. The city manager is the one helping us implement um, our goals and priorities. And so that's how we kind of work together in, in our municipal government. So you're, you're like the board of directors, mm -hmm. and the city manager works for the board. Right. Or for a company, you know, we're the board of directors, they're the CEO trying to make sure that it's it's happening. So. Okay. Yeah. And now you, so you have seven council members. Yes. And they're all elected? Yes, everyone is elected. Um, do they represent a district, each of them? In, in the city of Mountain View, we actually are considered what's called at large. So we represent all of the residents within the community. We don't have districts. Okay, so residents, you know, vote for, I guess, up to seven, or how many are available that year? Right, however are um, available that year. We are on an even cycle, so uh, every two years you're voting for your elected official. Okay. And so, um, for example, in 2020, there are four seats. Um, and in 2018, when I was elected, there were three, so. All right. So in my, in my case, I live in San Jose. Yes. I have a council member who represents my area. Yes. So I had like a choice of like maybe two yes. people to vote from. Yeah. And whoever wins that is my, my council member. Yes. Now then there's um, mayor and vice mayor. So what other responsibilities and powers do those people have? Sure, so uh, every January as a council, we decide and vote upon who's gonna be vice mayor, who's gonna be mayor. And so in January 2020, I was lucky enough to be unanimously um, voted by my colleagues to be the vice mayor for the city. Oh, congratulations. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. And so uh, one of the things that means is more meetings <laughs> for me. <laughs> But um, in all seriousness, uh, one of the things you're able to do when you're vice mayor, your mayor, is you get to set the agenda for your council. And so um, you're part of that process because uh, we have many goals, many priorities in our city. And so um, being able to decide if it's coming forward in Q1, Q2, Q3 um, is, is one of the things. Uh, it's also really exciting to be able to participate in things like ribbon cuttings for, we just opened um, McKelvey Park. It's kind of the first of its kind. It's serving as a, a joint partnership with Valley Water. It's a detention basin as well. Um, uh, so when we have any type of flooding, um, and we were able to do a ribbon cutting and the mayor got to throw out the first pitch. So it's kind of uh, ceremonial duties, but also legislative duties when you have those roles. So does the vice mayor step on when the mayor is not there, or do they have different roles? It really actually depends on your mayor. So um, I'm very lucky to have a mayor who kind of invites me um, to all of the events. But yes, if she cannot make it, then I'm asked to step in. But uh, what's nice is we do a lot of things uh, together in tandem, uh, which has been a really uni unique experience. And I think that makes me better prepared for when I'm uh, mayor, whenever that is. Mm -hmm. And the mayor and vice mayor are also council members, right? Correct, okay. yes. Yeah, so it will be, it's a one-year rotation. Um, so I'll only be, you'll only be mayor for one year and vice mayor for one year. It's a, a rotate, rotating um, title since it's not an actual elected position. Okay, so they couldn't, well, the council members yes. vote on who the mayor is. Could right. they vote two years in a row for the same mayor or is that not allowed? 
Uh, that hasn't been the practice. Okay. <laughs> um, as a council member, can you fix a parking ticket? I wish, <laughs> but no. <laughs> Do you get a lot of parking tickets? No. Oh. No, I'm, I, I walk, I cycle, and I take transit as much as I can. Oh, that's very good. Mm -hmm. on, on traffic. Yep. Traffic. Yes. As someone who commutes to Mountain View, yes. I would say traffic in Mountain View is bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so let's say you have constituents, well, you do have constituents. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of issues would they come to you for if they're having a problem? Uh, it, it really depends. I think one of the really cool things about our city uh, is that we have Ask Mountain View. So uh, you can go onto our website and you can put forward a question or a concern. Um, and usually there's a quite a quick turnaround to be able to make sure that that's taken care of. Um, when people reach out to me, it can be anything from something that's going on, like traffic in a certain mm -hmm. intersection and what right. are we doing about that, um, to wanting to talk to me, for example, about uh, youth mental health and wellness and what can the city do to help promote that, that issue and try to, to um, be a council that is uh, supportive of our youth. So um, it, it really depends. And I would say no issue is too big or too small to come to your council member with. Uh, we're in this position because you elected us and mm -hmm. we're here to serve. And so I think as much as possible, I try. You know, your, your show is John Wants Answers. I try to get the answers as much as I can. Um, you know, if the resident likes the answer to the question, I can't always control. Right. But, I, but I always try to connect them with the right resource, with whether that's staff. Um, uh, to make sure that we can at least try to address the issue. And as an example, you mentioned youth mental health. Yes. So what can a city do about youth mental health? Uh, so one of the things that we've decided to do as a city is actually prioritize it as a goal. I serve as the chair for the uh, council youth uh, subcommittee. And so we're trying to work with our various partners in the school district. I'm also a member of CHAC, the Community Health Awareness Council, uh, where they do a lot of mental health services in our, in our schools, in our community. So um, we're trying to figure out how do we partner and provide resources to youth. Um, and how do we, uh, we have a, a teen center that was opened um, a couple years ago. Um, how, do, how are we listening to our youth advisory committee and trying to provide them the resources um, that they want? And that could be something as simple as, you know, we've heard we want more boba tea shops in downtown. <laughs> you know, we want more places where teens can go, mm -hmm. um, where they feel like there's a place for them or more um, uh, access to programs at the library. And so that's something that your city can do um, to try to tackle um, the youth mental health issue. And we're trying to work directly with them on it. Okay. Um, so as a council member, I guess yes. one of your big jobs is to attend council meetings. Yes. Now, how often do those occur? Uh, so they're supposed to happen um, every second and fourth Tuesday of the month, but because Mountain View is um, so busy, we're actually meeting um, every Tuesday. Every Tuesday? Yes. That's more work. Yeah, but it's, I, I think what's exciting is that, you know, when people reach out about a question um, because they want something, um, you know, sooner, we're trying to help meet that by having more meetings and, um, you know, really making thoughtful policy decisions to address these hot topics that we're hearing from the community. So what goes on at a council meeting? Uh, at a council meeting, um, we may start 
the meeting going into closed session, talking about um, some type of issue. Um, so and you say then closed session, you just mean you and the other council members? Right. Okay. Then you can, a council meeting or a council meeting might include a study session, which is you're not taking a, a policy direct um, uh, decision on the item, but it's kind of informational and you're trying to tell staff how they can scope the, the policy issue a little more. That's usually a study session. Um, in our regular session uh, for a council meeting, we're trying to make those policy decisions. We are giving directives to, to staff um, and the community on where we'd like to go. Um, and we're, we're actually legislating. And then the unique thing about a council meeting is you also have um, an unagendized portion. So if there's anything a council member wants to bring up, if they can get a majority of votes, which is four votes of the yes. seven, mm -hmm. then we can go forward with exploring whatever policy item that they bring forward. So the, uh, a lot happens at a council meeting. So they can discuss things that are not already on the agenda. Yes, well they can ask to for it to be agendized to a future agenda so we can actually talk about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> and then just take the majority to get that on the Correct. next agenda. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's better how our federal government works, where I guess one person controls the agenda of the Senate mm -hmm. and there's no changing that. Mm -hmm. um, how long does a meeting last for? Well, it really depends. I think some of the policy issues we've been facing are kind of the most difficult that we as a city um, you know, are facing, but also the state, nationally. Those can be things like housing, transportation, you know, solutions, infrastructure. Um, and so I have gone as late as 3.30 in the morning wow. um, and been done as early as 8 p.m. when oh. we start at 6.30. So 6.30. Well, okay. that's when our regular session starts, but if we have a study session, we may start at 5 or 5.30. Um, so it can, be, it can be quite lengthy. And then when, does the public know when the open part of the meeting starts? Yes. Mm -hmm. And when, when do you do that? The study sessions are open and the regular sessions are all open to the public. It's just the closed session part that's not. Okay. But they can always give public comment before we go into closed session. So there's always a par uh, opportunity for public input. Okay. Yeah. So if I wanted to go to a council meeting, mm -hmm. I would show up at 6.30? Yes. For and our regular agenda. Regular agenda. Mm -hmm. And then is there a portion for like comments from the audience? Yeah, so we have a, a portion on our agenda called public comment. Mm -hmm. It's usually the third or fourth item on the agenda. And uh, you get three minutes to talk about whatever you'd like. Now, is that a time when I can ask questions or only a time when I can say something? Like, can I expect to get answers from the council after my three minutes? You can get answers from the council at a later date. We're not a lot. Uh, when we receive public comment, if it's not agendized, we can't address it. But maybe it's something where you want to know us to know. You ask your questions, you, and then you want to follow up with us after, um, or we want to follow up with you, which can always happen. But we can't during that public public comment portion. Um, if it's not on the agenda, we can't speak to it. Mm. So, um, typically speaking, what would someone talk for three minutes about? Anything. Any, anything and everything we've received. Uh, what, what I think is really interesting is because we're in Silicon Valley, we'll get people who come with their own videos. And so uh, they will put in um, their USB into the computer and show us a video of a traffic intersection that they want us to address and use their three minutes to kind of visually walk us through that. We've also received PowerPoints in those three minutes on a topic that someone's really interested about. So um, it kind of runs the gamut 
um, or sometimes people want to come and, and just let us uh, say thank you, which is always appreciated. <laughs> um, is there any limitation of who can attend a council meeting? No limitation. So you don't need to be a resident of Mountain View? No. We have people from all over um, the community and all over the world come address us. Do they have to come in person or can they tele-attend, attend through video conference? So we haven't had anyone give public comment through telepresence or anything, but um, we are now on, on YouTube. So you can watch us live streamed on YouTube, which people like because I guess the quality of the video is much better than watching us on our, on our city website. Okay. Um, and we also push, push that out on Twitter so that people can follow along if they um, cannot be with us uh, in person. Okay. Um, so. I guess the things you vote on, are they, would they call be bylaws? Uh, the things that we are voting on typically are ordinances, resolutions, um, or kind of policy direction. Um, that's, that's typically what we, what we have done. So the question I had here was, how does a right. bill become a law? So when I say bill, like, what is the origins of an ordinance or a bylaw, like mm -hmm. can a member of the public bring it forward or does a council member have to bring it forward? Uh, both can occur. So um, for example, uh, on our upcoming Tuesday agenda next week, uh, we'll be looking at a resolution um, uh, for the census. Um, people have talked about having a fear of participating in the census because of their information um, being shared with the federal government. And so this resolution we're passing came from an idea from a, um, an organization, a community member who lives in, in Mountain View. Um, we met, we worked on it with staff, and now it's coming forward as a resolution. So that's one way something has come forward. Um, ordinance some, sometimes can come forward um, you know, through staff. You know, staff is realizing the state has put forward some sort of legislation, and so we need to kind of um, pass the ordinance to remain compliant with state law, so we can do that. Um, or a you know, council member can bring it forward. So there's a lot of different ways that things um, happen um, to to lead to the the resolution or the ordinance. Um, typically, council also has a goal setting session, and we all decide on what our priorities are and where we'd like to go. Okay. Uh, so how does one become a council member? You run. Uh, you, mm -hmm. run for, you run for public office. Uh, so I think I mentioned elections in our community happen every two years. Yeah. And so you would need to kind of pull your nomination papers, get your signatures um, to run um, for, for office, and that's how it is. Um, I guess you could also become appointed if a seat became vacated on a council, um, but that hasn't happened in our community for a little bit. Okay. So how many signatures would you need to run for a council? I'm trying to remember. Election seems so long ago. Um, I think it was something like 30 signatures, oh, okay. um, but you have a sheet of paper that can get you know up to 50, and so you always want to get as many signatures as you can because... Why wouldn't you stop at 30? Well, because sometimes people live in Mountain View, but they don't realize that where they live um, is kind of outside of our zone. So we have a, a small pocket, actually, um, that's uh, military housing. 
And so while your address is still in the city of Mountain View, you're, um, you're exempt from um, oh, you're being, not yeah. actually in the city. Correct, yes. Okay. Yeah. I heard Silicon Valley has a lot of pockets. Yes. That are strange, that are not actually part of any city. Yes, yes, those exist as well. I think, like, for so example, the Burbank area of San Jose. Right. It's mm -hmm. uh, run by the county. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, how long is your term? My term is four years. Four years. And yes. how many terms can you have? You'd have two terms, so two you terms. can serve up to eight years. Up to eight years. And if you were appointed, is that different? I think it w you can s you serve the remainder, I think, mm -hmm. depending on if, you, uh, if you're appointed. And then you'd have to run for that seat whenever that election comes Yes. Up the mm -hmm. next even-eared election. Yes. yes. Um, do you have to raise a lot of money to run for council? So in the city of Mountain View, we actually have um, a voluntary expenditure limit. So um, we have how much you can spend in totality for your race. So we don't have limits in terms of how much you can donate to someone, but we do have um, a voluntary expenditure limit for um, what you can spend. So we uh, typically, candidates abide by this rule, and so it's about uh, $25,000. Oh, okay. um, is the voluntary limit. Um, you can raise more, but y you know, uh, you can't spend more if you sign the, mm -hmm. if you sign it. If you sign it, so it's voluntary. Correct. What are the advantages of signing it versus not signing it? <laughs> well, I think, um, you know, many of our, many people who have run typically abide by that. I think, you know, with everything going on uh, related to elections, it can help breed confidence in residents that, um, you know, you're not taking any yeah. maybe outside funding. Um, it's only coming from residents, um, and that it makes an even and fair uh, playing field for everybody. So you can run on your merits and your policies and your goals um, versus than just um, having that financial backing. We had a candidate for state senate on the show, yes. and I think it was like close to a million dollars they needed to raise in order yes. to be a viable candidate. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess you don't have a problem with big oil trying to give a lot of money to a <laughs> council member to get elected? Well, not yet. Not yet? <laughs> no. Are there any issues that big oil would be interested in at a mun municipal government level, do you think? I think, um, the, you know, the reason why um, that, that was coming up was um, for the, the statewide race, obviously they're interested. Uh, I found that Mountain View, because it's um, it has so much um, company and large company presence, um, that we do get a lot of more more attention than most. Um, but Big Oil has not been one of those, okay. and so how about big big tech? There's <laughs> a lot of big tech companies. There is, the there is. I mean, I think what's really nice is we have a very kind of uh, great working relationship between our Office of Economic Development. Um, and our large companies, as well as a good working relationship with our local Mountain View Chamber of Commerce. And so um, we as a city have tried to prioritize not only large businesses, but a small and medium size. And um, the city of Mountain View actually overwhelmingly has a lot of medium-sized businesses, um, which people don't always um, realize. Right. So what are some of the big issues facing Mountain View today? Um, so 
one of the things um, we're facing is the housing crisis. Right. So, uh, you know, the whole state of California has been discussing the housing crisis for some time. Uh, what we as a community have decided to do is try to create housing at all income levels. Um, so not only the very low to low income, your affordable housing, your below market rate units, but also middle income housing. Um, so that's your, your moderate housing. And so what a lot of people don't realize is Santa Clara County and Mount, the city of Mountain View, it's a very expensive place to live. And so, the, and the salaries are, are higher, but even if you are making what, what people consider 120% of AMI, right, adjusted median income, that's still over $100,000, but it's still really difficult to find that middle income housing, yeah. right? And so that's something that we've realized as a council and are trying to, to prioritize by um, looking at our, reforming our zoning. Um, we have something called R3 zoning, residential three zoning, and looking to be able to upzone that. So maybe if you're, if you had one home on that area, now you can go up to like three or four. Uh, we've revised our accessory dwelling units, um, you know, quote unquote granny units, to try to create more housing. Um, we also have all affordable housing projects, um, and we have a lot of, of market rate housing. So. Uh, we created our general plan uh, for the city back in 2012, and we targeted certain communities where we wanted to see kind of increased density and more housing. So we're very lucky. Um, where you work at Google is an area where we've been looking at trying to create 10,500, or t about to 10,000 residential units. Um, in an area called East Wisman, we've been looking at 5,000. And in another area called Terrabella, we've been looking at 5,000. So we're really trying to generate and produce um, housing, but also kind of at all of the income levels. Um, and so something that goes hand in hand with that is what you mentioned, transportation. Yes. So how are we trying to create opportunities so people don't have to be in their cars if possible, or if they are, it's kind of more streamlined. Um, so we have a pretty um, aggressive single occupancy vehicle target rate for um, some of the areas in the city um, to try to decentivize um, car usage. Mm -hmm. But we also know we're looking at um, doing a refresh uh, to our downtown Mountain View Caltrain station. And so uh, we have light rail there, we have Caltrain electrifications coming, um, as well as kind of multimodal. So, um, you know, scooters and bicycles. Um, so we're, we're doing all of those things. And I, and I feel like being in the Bay Area particularly, these are the hot topics of what's going on. So notice in Mountain View, yes. um, Property values are very high, yes. but buildings are not very high. So yeah. if a developer came in and said, I want to build this 20-story apartment building, yes. would he be allowed or just on the face of it rejected? So I, I mean, it depends on the area and what the general plan calls for. Um, but I think one of the things we've tried to do is we have a jobs housing linkage. So if commercial office is getting created, before that commercial office um, square footage can be triggered, um, we ask for that housing to come forward first. Um, and so we're looking for actually two, um, you know, s stocked flats, row homes, townhomes, um, for ownership because we're also realizing that people are kind of living differently, not everybody's gonna be living in a single, uh, single family home.
So I know where I work in Google, they've, they're constructing huge, massive buildings that don't look like buildings. They look like swoopy tents or something. Mm -hmm. I've seen that. <laughs> so there was equivalent amount of housing um, built before they started construction, is that right? Well, they started building before um, we we came up with um, that program. Um, but the, what we've been trying to do is we've been working on that housing now for the last seven years, and we're trying to make sure that it happens. Okay. Um, and so, what are presently the priorities of Mountain View? So we have uh, what are called four goals um, for our city. So the number one thing that's risen to the top is protecting our vulnerable populations, uh, becoming a community for all. Uh, we also are really um, prioritizing environmental sustainability um, and housing. So those are our four goals and all of the projects we have, which are over 60 projects, mm -hmm. um, are created to help meet those four goals. All right. Well, we are um, out of time. So um, I'd like to thank you for joining us. Great, thanks. Um, and our next episode is on April 9th.